Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, the 2022 ISB annual meeting. We're here doing little podcast here live. We are on the show floor right now and there's people all around us. So if anybody yells behind me, you'll know why. Um, I am here today with Sumit Verma and um, he is from IOVANCE Bio Biotherapeutics, right? Got that right? You did. All right. Welcome to my booth. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Glad to have you. So um, so the reason we're talking to Sumit this, this morning or uh, this afternoon at this point is because IOVANCE was one of the facility of the year award honorable mention that you were the honorable, honorable mention, mention right you were the only one <laughs> only one only yes. one that was great so um we talked uh you probably saw my live this morning and we did this this is our facility of the year award um booklet we talked to a couple of guys about the award sort of generally what they are like who gets in who who is being nominated what makes them important um for the industry and so we're here to talk to Sumit about the IOBANCE facility, projects, products, um, and what makes them special. So welcome. Thank you so much, Jesse. All right. So first off, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, things like that, so we know who you are. Yeah, sure, Jesse. Um, my name is Sumit Verma. I'm the Senior Vice President for um, IOBANCE Biotherapeutics. Uh, my role just recently changed, so I'm Global Strategic Manufacturing uh, this is uh, in line with what we are thinking as our next steps. Uh, we are very fortunate to have built a great team in Philadelphia, our site ICTC, which was a FOIA award. And now we are thinking what's next for us. So as we think about the landscape, where we want these therapies in the world, the next footprint, all those uh, considerations are being put into uh, our pipeline. And that's kind of where I'm starting all mm -hmm. the game from scratch. So Excellent. back to the drawing board. Excellent. So what, what kind of um, facility is IOVANCE? Is it? Is it your own products? Is it CMO? Could you speak to that sort yeah, of sure. and what, what it looks like sort of moving forward? Yeah. So Jesse, uh, as we thought through our journey, we started with like a make versus buy analysis. Uh, iEvents uh, to start off um, is uh, uh, pioneering to be the world's leader in innovating, developing and delivering tilt therapy to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, as you think about the solid tumors, there's still not that many treatments out there. So fortunately, our teams have been putting a lot of effort working with CDMO partners, with CROs, and ultimately making the decision that if we want to be in the space, we got to build our own facility. Mm -hmm. So what we did, we went through a full analysis, we did a site selection, and then determined what was the best approach from a make versus partner decision. And ultimately, we made the decision to build our own facility in Philadelphia. Yep. A lot of work went into designing and developing that facility one of a kind because, you know, as much as we can rely on CDMO partners to help us with the initial launch, the volumes that are required to make these products that are commercially success are very challenging. You know, if you think of just two populations uh, for treatments we have today, melanoma, on average, there are about seven to 9,000 people dying today. So mm. this modality, if it's uh, commercialized, there are not many facilities in the entire world that can support this, mm -hmm. let alone for something like small cell lung cancer. Big picture, that's over a quarter million U.S. Uh, citizens dying from this horrible disease. And as you look at the landscape, if you put all the CDMOs together, you still can't meet those requirements. Yeah. So we think we're the right people to be building and servicing our own needs, but that doesn't take away from the CDMOs. We work with them very closely. We're very fortunate that within the Navy Yard, one of our key partners, Wuxi Biologics, is located, yep. and we do a ton of work with them. So the goal is that we not only build our own internal manufacturing network, but we also develop external partnership to make sure we bring the best products to the market. Right. And I mean, this year, if you look at, at the award winners and if you just sort of have paid any attention whatsoever, 
um, this last couple of years has been a big eye opener to the world of what that looks like. Right. right? Everybody thinks that, you know, a big name biofarm, they make their own thing, right? That's what they do. Right. And everybody's been made very aware because of COVID of, of how overlapping all this stuff is. And it's, you, you don't do from beginning to end necessarily. You might right. just do a little piece of it, you know, most places don't do their own packaging right. and things like right. that, right? I mean, the average person out there has no idea about right. that. And so um, it is pretty neat to see yep. that. And it, it is pretty cool. If you haven't ever been to the Navy shipyard in Philly, yep. it's a really it is pretty, pretty cool spot, yeah, it is. right? Yeah. yeah, which which explains why which explains why last night when they were accepting the award, they went up to Rocky, <laughs> Rocky music. So um, <laughs> did you like, did you like jog up no, and do no, this no. at the end? We chose just to celebrate all the victories we've been having with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Phillies doing all right, so well. All right. it, it helped to have that song. Go it would have been pretty it, sweet if one of you going up and like sweats, <laughs> like sweats and then did it, you know, that, that would have been hot on us for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so, um, actually, I think I, I went to a, uh, a presentation, I think this last year by Justin, yep. um, on pharma 4.0. And you guys did, did some of that in this yep. facility, correct? So, I mean, everybody does it to some extent, yeah. but he's presenting on it, which was pretty neat. Um, so what, what as an honorable mention, what were the things that you guys um, really stuck out about your project that you felt sort of got you that award? There's a lot of people, I think, uh, companies, I think there was 30-ish yep. or so um, that were entered into this. That's a lot. Yep. And you're one of what, you were seven, right? No, yep. Seven. So it's a big deal. And there's a lot of awesome facilities going in all over the world right now. So so what stuck out about yours? I, I think there were about three things from a modality side. And then I'll touch on the team composition, their work ethic, and just the focus towards getting things right. I think part of that was our success, especially during a pandemic. But the three things, Jesse, that stuck out for me, one is, you know, there's no playbook out there. When mm -hmm. we think about some of the technologies, including one of our peers, CRISPR therapeutics, uh, you know, these are the new wave of drug product manufacturing. Yep. So it's not like the biologics or the other places where they've built a pretty good playbook to somewhat start off from there. For us, it was a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. We had to figure out quite a few things and uh, get to the modality of the second point, which is one patient equals one batch. Yeah. You know, as you think about these personalized therapies and advanced therapeutics, not many people are still in that mindset that you have to make for just one patient. When you get into the details, you know, there are four to six people working on a tumor resection, taking it all the way for manufacturing for 22 days in a very personalized manner. First time right principles become very critical to it. The way we designed the facility, my, my background, Jesse, is more on the nuclear side. So, you know, in, in that world, we really believe in N plus one redundancy, a very yeah. unique concept where you have to keep like hospitals, crit critical centers, 365, 7, 24 hours operating at all times. So with that concept, I think what we did from a design work and making sure those modalities were met was a pretty big deal. Hmm. Lastly, as we think about the design, a lot of people were centered towards clean rooms that they'd been very used to. You yep. know, big ballrooms that can do many things. And some of the CAR-T players who had started the innovation uh, landed up there. In our case, we kind of changed the script on it. We saw it as a hospital bed. So we have these really huh. small rooms that we think of it as a patient and do all the work there. These things have been proven to be very successful. Today, I can say a lot more because at that point, it was unproven. Right. But as you think about the challenges about autologous cell therapy, everything from chain of custody and chain of identity up to and including how we want to avoid operator errors, that first time right concept. 
being able to work in one dedicated room and just being heavily focused on the patients and what you're doing makes a big uh, difference between bulk manufacturing. Yeah. So to me, those were the three technical aspects. And as I mentioned, we're doing all this in the middle of COVID. Yeah. You know, think of it as your personal challenges you had. Just to pick up your groceries, you had to wipe every piece. Can you imagine 200 construction workers literally from the month it started building a new facility, making sure they went home safe, yeah. ensuring they met timelines, very aggressive ones, and making sure they met, met state and federal requirements. That piece can never be changed. Right. You know, ultimately, kudos to the crew, the construction teams, and everybody involved to have provided that kind of success and support. We met all our timelines, mm -hmm. things we had predicted, you know, three months before anybody knew what coronavirus was. Yeah. And they met each and every piece. That to me is the more fundamental piece of why our project was seen very successful, not only to achieve the complexity of the technical piece, but still drive the project execution timelines to the budget and the approvals that we had already. Right. Yeah, that was something that we spoke about last night um a bit, is is that there seems to be a heavy focus this year and kind of obviously because we're just getting out of it, but right. on how we were, how these projects were able to execute through COVID. Um, not only if you, if you think about it, it was like the opposite of what you'd expect right. in COVID because yeah. of the restrictions that were placed, you think everything would take twice yeah. as long. And in fact, what ended up happening is everything was twice as fast. It's, it was opposite of what yeah. you would expect. Right. So I just want to ask something, cause I'm, we talked about this, I do water. Like I don't, I don't, I don't make medicines. It's sure. not my, I'm a mechanical engineer is my background. Right. So um, when you talk about making these therapies in a room, that's your, that's your patient in a room. I really like that. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? Like, what's the, what is that? What's the timeline of working on a therapy in that space for one person in a facility? It's, 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 it's really crazy when you get into the logistics side, I'm going to try to walk very briefly. Just yeah, dumb it down as good as you can. I'm not that smart. It, it, it's, it's more to do with the fact of how quick some of these transactions do. And remember, these are patients that have gone through every type of cancer treatment you can think of. Mm -hmm. At a minimum, at a minimum, our patients have gone to either two or three forms of some type of cancer, uh, cancer treatment, like chemo or radiation, chemotherapy, yep. PD-1 checkpoints, some type of inhibitor and failed every single time. First start with the doctor who has to tell this patient, hey, mostly it's a radiation oncologist or a surgical oncologist going and asking for a tumor from the body. Yeah. It says, hey, we believe in this last phase of technology that's available today mm -hmm. as a clinical trial to treat you. Yeah. And we're going to do a tumor resection, take your tumor, put it on a plane, ship it to Philadelphia, have it made into a medicine in 22 days and brought back to you and infused in IV bed. Yeah. The, the, this sounds like magic when you put things to that nature. But at being on the receiving side, Jesse, seeing and interacting with patients, I've had a chance to uh, work with one of my dearest colleagues, uh, Dr. Madan Jagassi, who leads our medical affairs team, getting yep. to know these patients at that level where they've been told there are no options available to them and it's upon us to bring this product to ICTC and then make sure my teams get it first time right, Jesse, which means they can never make an error. <laughs> you know how yeah. hard that concept is? In, in, in traditional GMP, we've seen those things like a batch record error, a label, you know, a utility not working. Uh, any form of deviation could impact. Yeah. Can you imagine the pressure you have when you have to go back to that patient and say, you know what, I made a mistake. Could I get another tumor? 
it's very personal. As, that 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 is yeah. as personal as it gets. Yeah. I I'm so fortunate. We have such an amazing team that's very dedicated from a patient centricity. We really believe on that. We make sure that the training is put in place. We've got everything right. We do all sorts of completed by check buys, keeping that mindset that there's a patient waiting for our products. Yeah. It doesn't get more concerning on what you're doing on a first time rate than what we do. Right. And I mean, not to, not to say that any of these other therapies that aren't for a specific patient, it's not yeah. just as important, oh. but it's, but it's, it's generic, right? It's a little bit more generic and it's not about, yeah. you know, this guy, Joe, yeah. right? It's, it, yeah. this is his medicine. There's nobody else that this goes to. Right. It's pretty amazing. Um, so it's, uh, so very specifically, so 22 days is about, yes, that's, yeah. that's from, in the factory. Yeah. From the time we received, um, the tumor, it's a process called tumor recession. We have about 24 hours yeah. to bring it on the site. So any part in the U S uh, we do, uh, clinical trials in Europe as well. We bring this to Philadelphia. Yep. And from uh, day zero, we have 22 days to do the processes. Our technicians, manufacturing technicians, do a lot of touch points to the product to get it through the rapid expansion planning for uh, increasing the cell size. Yep. And then ultimately uh, get into an IV bag. And that's what's infused into the body. So after 22 days, it's shipped back to the patient. The patient goes through some type of lymphodepletion and they're ready to be introduced to the IV bag, which introduces the till. It's a one-time treatment. So after that, they have about a billion tills in their body that start going and fighting cancer. That's how it works. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty wow. impressive. Uh, when I was speaking with the guys last night, uh, I asked them about sort of what's coming up in the future. What's what, what's like some of the next steps and your, your um, facility and what you guys are doing is the perfect example of this. But one of the big things they brought out was supply chain. Now, everybody hears about supply chain. Oh, yeah, lead times and whatnot. That's fine. Those are big deals, and we all have to deal with them. But one of the things you have to deal with is this vein-to-vein idea, or or I don't know if they call it that when it's a tumor, but it's the same idea. And how how much of that is, like, you as a company developing that out, or do you do you go to somebody else for that? What, so, how do you deal with that? So we we are very fortunate. Uh, Steve McCreatis, who is our head of supply chain, has a very powerful team under him. Uh, their focus is to look at it from all types of risk management. Uh, supply chain vulnerability is obviously a really key concern here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm oversimplifying, which a lot of people can appreciate. That's the only way I can take it. So thank you. <laughs> you, you know, in terms of the pipettes, the pipettes are good examples. During the pandemic, there was a worldwide shortage of these things. Yeah. You know, and you could appreciate that because guess what? We were doing a lot more testing. So our teams not only have to be thinking proactively right now, but establishing contracts in the long term. So anything that's single and sole sourced, our vision is very different. We we don't think of that same. Same with autology cell therapy. Generally speaking, there's a lot of, call it person first out principles and keeping inventory. As you can imagine, Jesse, in our side, we don't have any inventory. I can't right, keep inventory right. for this product. Right? Yeah, let me get one so, off the shelf here for you. Yeah. Most biopharmaceuticals, that's the biggest change for us. So the way we think, the way we establish our teams, we really feel that's our ownership at this point. And what we're doing is trying to make a very robust supply chain network. Mm. We look at it from an SNOP side. We make sure we can de-risk every aspect of it. And ultimately, the best part of this, Jesse, is I've found vendors, our third-party vendors, direct and indirect materials, to be very understanding. When they understand our story during pandemic, as you can imagine, there were some suppliers in Germany, for example, 
Siemens is a good example because their offices are located in Germany. Mm -hmm. The way they revolutionize their support to our construction side and the vendors who bring in materials to us, knowing how critical our patients are, they go above and beyond to make sure they work through it. We're just very fortunate that these vendors have partnered up with us really well to mm -hmm. get us to where we are trying to be. So when you, uh, we were joking before about how when everybody was accepting awards last night, we're talking about the patients. And I, I think that's, it's such a big deal. And I think sometimes it's so easy to lose focus because you get in the weeds and you're doing all this stuff. Um, as you talk about the kind of therapies that you guys are developing and the people that work for you, you know, they could work for a company down the street that's making a medicine right. that's ridiculously important for a lot of people, yeah. right? Versus yours, which is ridiculously important right. for one person. Yep. I'm curious, this was this isn't on our script, but I'm curious on your thoughts when you work in an organization like yep. yours, where that's the focus, yep. is there like a better buy-in? I don't know if that's the yep. right question. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's a great question. And I'll answer it in about three fold. One is um, the element of the competition, right? We, we live and work in the Navy Yard. Navy Yard has top companies around us, big pharma like GSK, our strategic partner, Wuji. We have Adaptimmune. So not only are we trying to produce advanced therapies for customers from our company, we're competing with talent, which is right- For talent, right, yeah. Within 400 feet. Yep. You know, the big discussion I started from the very get-go, and for those who have ever interviewed me on my uh, personal interviews, to recruit people, the third question is always about culture. Mm -hmm. I, I focus on it because culture eats strategy. If if did you people, say culture eats strategy? Yeah. I apologize to anybody listening. It is pretty loud here. You probably cannot tell. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in terms of just being able to execute to that level, you have to have buy-in to yep. your point. The teams really have to believe in your leadership. They have to believe in the products. And they have to really believe that there's a direction you're going in. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been really powerful. Jesse, to give you numbers, I started as a team of one. Uh -huh. <laughs> I recruited eight people right off the bat to help me uh, put all these pieces. And when the building was going on, we had 24 people. Yep. And then right after that, that's about a year, a year and a half timeline. Uh, we recruited 100 people last year. And today we have almost 200 people at ICTC. Okay. Can you imagine through everything like what you've heard of great resignation, quiet quitting, uh, the challenges of getting talented labor, uh, working on advanced therapies, we've been able to build those kind of teams. Right. So it's a testament to what I'm saying. You know, I really believe that when people understand what they're doing and value it, you can move mountains with this kind of workforce. Yeah. And then it becomes a bit magnetic. But if you don't have the right chemistry of all these components coming together, then the culture is one that gets impacted and you have to really have a sense from bottoms down on what's happening to make sure it's successful. We do a lot of things to keep that promotion going. Yeah. Patient centricity is our number one value. Yeah. That we believe in. yeah. I think it's really neat as, as I look out and I, you know, my career and doing different things, sometimes it's easy to get sort of, distracted by the fact that you don't have that connection to the end user when you're in the b2b space yeah. and even in the in the pharma space most most of us don't you know unless you're like the doctor yeah. you don't have that connection to the patient so it's it's a big difference you know and you have to sort of like 
re re up that in your yeah. mind as you think about what you're doing every day. And I, I just think that this, the whole selling gene space and yeah, it, the, the connection to the person that needs that medicine is so strong. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, and to be perfectly honest, some of the therapies almost seem miraculous right. to some extent as well. You know, we'll see as they continue to develop and get yeah. approved. So let, um, let, let me touch on that real quick, just to touch on the, um, uh, focus in the culture, Jesse, uh, our leadership team, uh, our CEO, Fred, who runs uh, a town hall meeting, we make sure we bring those patients in there. We bring the doctors in there. You mm -hmm. know, we've had Dr. Yong Hong from Cooper uh, and also Dr. Ahmad Hamid to come and literally talk about the therapies. We've had patients come in, share their life-saving stories. And this is with the people that work for your company. Oh, that's so great. We've had one lady without naming her, who has shared her personal story uh, about what uh, she had to do with her husband and manage their daughter uh, from melanoma. We have had somebody who's gone through these patient uh, uh, advocacy groups and totally understands how these efforts impact families. Mm. So when they hear these stories at a town hall meeting, it becomes really real. You're getting to see the patients. You're yeah. getting to see the medical community. Much to your point, we can never put that touch point until you get to know them personally. Yeah, and it's just been a big uh, game changer for our teams because they know who Dr. Yong Hong is. Yeah, they know patient X. They can relate how critical their work is to to a doctor, to a patient, and to the entire advocacy. Yeah, group, which I think is a pretty big deal. And this is maybe a little bit off out of left field, but. And when I think about that and you think about how you explain most of these people that are coming right now for yeah. this therapy have been through the ringer, yeah. right? They've been, they, they've had a hard life at that point. Yep. And then they're getting something that kind of changes everything. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a dad and my kids are getting older, but like, it seems like it would be kind of an emotional thing. It is. I, I certainly, um, uh... I'll share this story real quick, Jesse, without going into too much details because of just patient uh, aspects of it. I know of at least two or three patients personally. And uh, as I think about what uh, our teams do, our medical affairs teams do, our patient advocacy groups, they really get attached to them. Mm -hmm. I, I get to interact and share and see scans and ultimately uh, share the event story with them and push the aspects of, you know, what... Uh, empathy and empathy you can provide to them, but ultimately guide them to their medical practitioners mm -hmm. and uh, ask them to be very considerate about the support and nurturing they need. And it's not for themselves because it's a tough time, right? You pointed out you're talking to patients who have given up hope at this point. Yeah. They've been told this is the last option. And ultimately, uh, Jesse, to give you numbers, we've had Fortunately, on just the Ivans program, we have treated over 500 patients. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, the ability to um, give uh, five, uh, not, not treat, uh, to administer till to 500 patients yep. today. You know, that, that, that number itself, or just being able to provide that, as much as it sounds pretty exciting for a company like that, is, is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. 1.7 million Americans being diagnosed every year. Think, think of that huge stretch we have or not just the treatment but the number of people we have to treat because even if we get through the therapeutic side get the fda approval get it for one histology there's so many types of cancer yeah there's so much capacity that's needed to ultimately get this therapy out there 
we've talked about the personalization of it. Yeah, so this isn't a this isn't a bulk therapy. So yeah, you don't exactly. you're not making a big bag of it and putting it into a bunch exactly. of shots. Yeah. So it's 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 still a long way where we can say one day cancer is cured, but it's definitely the most exciting start we've had. Yeah. You, know, you put into perspective 20 years ago the landscape, the number of products in Cartier, there's six products approved already. So it's moving in the right direction. And I, I, I remain very optimistic about all the companies, you know, in aggregate, not just iVents, but everyone working towards cell and gene therapy. Yeah. That ultimately it's very promising and providing a very high hope to our patients. We yeah. have the privilege to see. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, Sumit, this has been awesome. I appreciate everything you've shared with us today. And I hope you're able to enjoy the rest of this show. I've been I've been pumped about coming to Orlando. Yeah. I, I'm from Boston, so Boston yeah. was okay last year, but you know, Boston, yeah. eh, wet, <laughs> a little bit cold. This has been pretty awesome. Great weather. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your story. Great, Jesse. Thank you so much. All I right. really appreciate you hosting. All right. Have a great day.